Our gospel reading for this morning continues uh, our theme. This is the, the Sunday of the, the Good Shepherd, the fourth Sunday of Easter, and our reading is from John chapter 10. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters the gate by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And now, now we have our, our message time. Welcome, everybody. Shepherd us, O God, beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. Amen. Uh, last summer on our sabbatical, we met a lot of interesting characters, and I want to tell you about one of those people this morning, a man named Manuel. Uh, we met Manuel in Porto, Portugal on our second day of traveling together as a family, me, my wife Jenny, our four kids, and my in-laws. Um, I had just returned from my long and tiring walk on the Camino de Santiago, and my family was still jet-lagged from their transatlantic flight over. The weather in Porto had been cool and rainy, and the eight of us were squeezed together into an Airbnb that was smaller than it looked on the website. Uh, Manuel was our tour guide for a full day trip that we were to take to the Duro Valley, um, the region famed for its vineyards just about 90 minutes outside of Porto. And that morning, like a miracle, Manuel pulled up outside of our Airbnb in his pristinely clean van, helped us and all of our things inside, and we were off. As he would throughout the day, Manuel was attentive to all of our needs. Is the van too hot? Is the van too cold? Do you need water? He doted on my mother-in-law, talked economics with my father-in-law, and kept my kids engaged. A true miracle. When my kids got sick, as we drove up the winding roads of the Duro Valley, he dealt with it in stride. He delivered us to every place that we needed to be, to a scenic overlook, overlooking the vines that had been cultivated from the Roman times, to a wine tasting and then a boat for a river tour and a historical church. When we were running late for lunch, he asked a restaurant to stay open for us so that we could eat. He ordered food for us, arranged the umbrellas just right to keep us totally shaded from the sun. And I'll never forget this in my life. He even helped us to cut our food. 
He told us about his family, he asked us about ours, he took pictures and videos for us and gave us an incredibly memorable day. Um, our tired, sore, jet-lagged group didn't have to worry about a single thing. Manuel saw that we got everywhere we needed to be, made sure that we had everything that we needed and that we returned home safely. For weary travelers as ourselves, it was an incredible gift. And I think of Manuel on this Good Shepherd Sunday when we hear this imagery of Jesus as the Good Shepherd, the one who attends to all of our needs, the one who leads us to nourishment beside still waters and green pastures, who finds us when we are lost and protects us through the valley of the shadow of death. As you well know, we live in a time of great uncertainty and there is still so much that is unknown. The pathway through this time is unclear. We don't know how long it will last, how we will safely return to something resembling normal life. There is no Rick Steves guidebook for this journey that we are on together. For those of us who like to have a plan, this is disconcerting to say the least. Many people feel lost, overwhelmed, unmoored, and adrift. We ask ourselves the questions, the question that the disciple Thomas once asked Jesus, how can we know the way? And Jesus responds to us as he did to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. Because this is Jesus, the good shepherd who knows the way, even when we do not. Jesus, the good shepherd, does not baby us and cut all of our food like Manuel. <laughs> Rather, in his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus became our food. He is the God that not only knows the way, but who is the way. The God that leads us to places that are life-giving for us, who sometimes takes us where we don't want to go because God knows what we need far better than we do ourselves. A God who knows every road, every hill, and every valley who places people in our path, who become blessings in our lives, and who allow us to bless others. God, who always gets us home safely. A God who shepherds us beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. This is the God who, at the end of life's journey, shepherds us from death into eternal life. The God who has shepherded all who have died in this time. When their families could not be there at their bedside, the Good Shepherd held their hands. And when their labored breathing stopped, the Good Shepherd breathed into them the new breath of eternal life. Years ago on another trip, Jenny and I visited the catacombs near Rome. And this is where early Christians who were persecuted gathered secretly underground in caves to have community and worship and where their dead were laid to rest. And the predominant image of Jesus in those catacombs was as Jesus as the good shepherd, keeping watch over those fearful Christians and protecting the graves of all of those who had been laid to rest. This is the God who gives us eternal life, but also brings us abundant life here and now. As Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And even as a difficult time, in, even in a difficult time as this, we can know that abundant life. We can feel it this morning in our worship, in Elisa's song. 
when we connect with each other and loved ones amidst our sadness, we can still laugh and care and hope and love. Our faith may be challenged, but it can also grow deeper in this time. You know, my family and I love watching John Krasinski's YouTube show, Some Good News, where uh, every week he reports on the good news that's happening in people's homes and neighborhoods and around the world. And it is a reminder of all the good in the world, a reminder that despite these difficult days, love prevails. You should check it out if you haven't already. At home, we're seeing signs of abundance and food drives and fake proms and drive-by celebrations for birthdays and graduations. And uh, more and more, I've been noticing lately, weddings. Uh, I had a couple of friends who are Episcopal priests get married um, on the steps of the art museum this past week. And um, I heard a story this week of a couple getting married in their family's backyard. Uh, and I've talked this week with a, a couple of two couples from church who uh, are figuring out what exactly to do now that their weddings, uh, one wedding has been postponed and uh, the other one in the fall, figuring out what is going to happen. And it has so, been so life affirming just to talk with them and to hear their stories and to dream their dreams with them. It's been such a reminder of the abundance of love and goodness and the persistence of life. As it says in the scriptures now, these three, faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love. It's been such a reminder this week that love will prevail. And so God, our shepherd, not only shepherds us through the valley of the shadow of death into eternal life when our earthly course is run, but God, the shepherd, invites us into finding those moments of abundant life even now. And so um, I'll ask uh, Pastor G and Lindsay, how are you seeing God the Good Shepherd at work these days where you are? you're muted there. Lindsay, do you want to go ahead while Pastor G's getting the muting sorted out? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been seeing God sort of shepherd me into... I mean, we've talked about this for a couple of weeks, but into noticing things um, more deeply. So yesterday I took a walk around Princeton and just noticed, um, like I just noticed people really soaking in sunshine in a way that I don't often notice. Um, and I've also noticed more attention in myself when I prepare a meal. Um, And I think part of that is I took a class focused on food this semester, but God shepherding me into an appreciation and an awareness of where my food comes from and what I'm tasting. And I think, I think 
the places I'm being led to uh, during this season are just more so of gratitude and awareness of things that I'm often sort of rushing past. And so the weather being more important than it ever has been, basic needs for life, the food that I'm eating and what I choose to put together and having more time to cook for myself, um, I think is God just calling me back into the way the world was sort of created to be, right? Like food was created to be delicious and experienced and not simply eaten so that I can produce more or sort of run to the next thing. And so I feel this, this call past wants, right? Past like all the things I want to fill my life with, past these, these fears of unknowns or maybe this fear of if I'm not productive enough, then I won't be enough or something bad will happen into this like goodness and richness um, that is in our weather and is in our food and the people who grow it for us and the joy of preparing that and getting to eat it um, has just been a really life-giving source for me recently. Pastor G, how about you? This, um, I think one of the things that makes Psalm 23 so meaningful for so many people is that there's so much in it that's the sort of the core of our humanity. And during this time, when we are all um, sort of sheltering, it seems it seems like it even has more to say to us. So Lindsay, what you said about that discernment between wants and needs, as we're all discerning, when do we go back to what we see as normal? When can we be with other people? We have to discern wants from needs, don't we? And not only our own, but the the needs of those around us. And it's so easy for us to think it's fine, we'll go back, everything is okay, everybody's hearing different things. What I particularly love about the um, message translation of this psalm is where the psalmist words are interpreted as God gives us a moment to catch our breath and go in the right direction. When we're in this place of, of sort of everything feeling topsy-turvy, it's really easy for us to um, make decisions based on all of, the, all of the things we're feeling, all the wants, all the wanting it to be done, all the wanting to not be afraid, all the wanting to be together. And our good shepherd says, catch your breath and let me send you to the place where you need to be right now. And maybe that's a place of rest. Maybe that's a place of just being at the feast. Maybe that's a place of embracing life as it is and knowing that I'm there with you. For me, in, in the, the many things that I'm being called to do right now during this um, time, those are, are really powerful words. 
it's really powerful for me to think about the shepherd with um, with rod and staff walking next to me and helping me to discern where I need to be and what I need to be doing and what I don't need to be doing and just catching my breath and allowing this time to be a time of repose and renewal and life and figuring out where wants and needs come together and where they're separate. So um, a lot of reflection. This, this psalm always brings us to a place of reflection, doesn't it? Because there's so much in those few short verses. So, um, so those are some of the thoughts that come to me this morning. And I, I'm sure I'm going to be living with this text um, through the week. And I hope that all of you will be as well to hear it in new ways, to take some time with it and, and really, you know, a verse a day to just sort of live with this text, because it is very powerful. Thank you both so much.